Genesis 30 again. This is going to be the second half of it. And after I started reading it, I realized, oh no, this is like a, not as long as I thought it was going to be. And most of us talking about this really weird breeding program that I don't get. So I spent some time in it. But let's jump in first. Let's see. Uh, after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can go home. So what's interesting here is that uh, there's a, I think there's a pretty strong parallel between when Abraham had Isaac, then he was ready to actually mobilize. That's when he sent Ishmael away. That's when, that's when the covenant was confirmed with one of his children, the one that he loved, the one that was through uh, the wife of his choice. And he sent everybody else away eventually, and starting there immediately with Ishmael and then later with all of his concubines, uh, children, <clears throat> and he sent them all away, and he passed his blessing on straight through Isaac and 100% through Isaac. So when Rachel gave birth to Joseph, and then he went to Laban and said, it's time for me to go, that's where I would actually expect this to happen. That if he's if we're looking at a parallel with Abraham, this is where... Um, blessing would go to one. I mean, this, the same thing goes through um, Isaac. Isaac blessed one of his two children. Um, and if he had other concubines and other children, they are ignored entirely, and the blessing is concentrated down into one line. And here, he doesn't. So this is where I would have expected him to say, okay, Joseph, he is my chosen, blessed son of the wife that I love and get rid of Leah, and get rid of his two servants, and all of their children. But he didn't do that, and I don't know why. I mean, if he's following, I mean, not that that's a good thing, necessarily, but that that's the pattern that his parent, his father, and his grandfather both did in following and being consistent with what God was telling them to do. So, I just find that interesting parallel right there. And that's, that's the timing of it. But he went to Laban and he said, time for me to go. And Laban said to him, um, if I have found favor in your sight, stay. I have learned by divination. The Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages and I will pay them. So Laban, for a while, he, you know, he, he got 14 years of work. And he was able to observe and see what, you know, what Jacob was doing and how he was living and Something odd was happening. And so I looked this up. And this is apparently, I mean, I, I don't remember reading this before. In several other translations, it doesn't use the word uh, divination here. It just says, I discovered or I learned that. But the word divination is most certainly there in Hebrew. And it's to observe the signs or to practice divination. And this is the same one that's used to describe, you know, people who are uh, a part of witchcraft. This is the same word that's used uh, down the road when Joseph accuses them of stealing Pharaoh's divination cup. Um, yeah, so interesting. Uh, I think I think that's a. It, it's also a parallel to all the people that have been around Abraham and Isaac. They say, you know, God's hand is on you. We we have divined, or we have discovered, we have investigated, we have. Um, They've used ways to look into the spiritual world and realize that all this blessing is happening because of you. 
and and that phrase there because of um there's two ways you can actually look at that there's the because like because he's in our presence or it's for you god is blessing all of my stuff for you and that scares them because if he leaves not only will more blessing not fall but the blessing will go with jacob i think that they recognize that and that's true of egypt egypt was blessed very much by god for the israelites and they took it with them when they left and that's true of uh of abraham in in several circumstances where he was you know he was in the areas and people said you something is happening god is blessing this whole area for you please stay here so that that blessing stays here too because we definitely benefit and so laban says uh well jacob recognized that 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 was the case he said the lord uh, blessed you because of me but now what am i going to do about my family because he's been building all this wealth for laban the the price was marriage to these two daughters and i mean i guess he had a little bit of stuff but he was not wealthy and he did not have his own flocks at that point so he said give me basically all of the non-white sheep there's a little bit of confusion there because he actually lists out like the striped and the speckled and the dark and then later it it's confusing of like which sheep are facing which sheep and who owns which sheep but he basically says i want all of the non-white sheep so anything with spots or freckle like uh, streaks or dark and laban agreed readily which means that that was probably a really good deal for him and so he separated all those out. He, Laban, separated those out and put them under his son's care, not under Jacob's care. Because he he was separating them out, but he still wanted Jacob to work on his sheep because he wanted to prosper out of this. And so then it goes into this detailed thing of like what Jacob did. And it's confusing because he like, it just seems like folklore, magic-y stuff. Like he took some branches of... of um, fresh poplar and almond and plain wood and he peeled back the bark into strips and he put it in the water and he had the sheep face it when they were mating and then he had the babies face the other ones it's uh it's weird and we're like oh well that's that's odd um so i thought i'd google it and uh <clears throat> poke around on the internet a little bit and i found a really interesting article talking about these specific plants and their interactions with uh, with sheep. And so here we go. Um, poplar. So the poplar, if you, if you strip back the bark and you put it in water, it will diffuse in the water. I mean, all three of these, um, if you put them in water, then if you strip the bark and the sun is on them, then it basically turns the water into a, a mild tea with the health benefits of the thing itself. You can also feed it to them and they would just eat the bark and they would get the same nutrients. Uh, increased re uh, poplar is increased reproductive rate in use uh, by 20 to 30 percent. This, these are like modern studies that have been done on these plants and their uh, herbal benefits for flocks. Um, that's this cool stuff. Uh, higher conception rate and uh, and multiple pregnancies. So this is like you know instead of having one or one lamb, you'd get like three or four. Um, and um, and you'd be more likely to have some at all. And they'd be more likely to come to term. 
a higher protein absorption rate, uh, which means they're healthier as they're growing, and they would lamb four days earlier than the control group. Uh, they also have an extremely high uh, condensed set of tannins inside in, in there, which may affect coloration in the womb. Um, because the color of the hair is actually based on the color of this, the skin and the follicles within the skin that make the hair. Um, and so we don't know how tightly those are. This is a, that, that last bit was a, like, it appears as if, but there wasn't a, I didn't, they didn't have a study attached to that one. Almond. Almond actually helps with urinary tract health and softening of the uterus. So they don't have a hard uterus so that they have an easier time giving birth to their young, which means that they had a uh, lower mortality or higher mortality rate. They, they, more of them would live. Um, and they have an increased milk supply and digestive tract. So everything from, you know, throat, esophagus, stomach, intestines, um, and, and urine, like all of that health. And then uh, plain wood or plain tree uh, is a heavy antioxidant and anti-inflammatory, <clears throat> which would also help in the birthing process and general health. And and then, you know, you keep on reading. It says that he, he put all this stuff in there when certain ones were the strong, when, when, when it was the best of the flocks. But then when the weaker ones were getting ready to mate, he would he would take the sticks back and they would just, you know, get whatever was left over and and then they would mate and so then the weak ones didn't have this extra veterinary nutrition boost and they would just continue to be weak but all of the strong ones he, he intentionally uh, worked on and helped to be streaked and spotted and extremely healthy and and make this huge herd and so he was actually over there with Laban's and so he was basically converting Laban's into his own and then ignoring the weak ones. And then every time he'd have a streaked or spotted uh, lamb, he would take it and send it over to his flock. And because it was like, you can't argue, like that one's definitely streaked, spotted, or dark, um, there, was no, there couldn't be an argument on what he was doing. Uh, I think eventually that catches up to him. But, I mean, he's acting very shrewdly in, in this like, takeover, basically. I mean, Laban's not the greatest guy, but this is a this is a very long running, um, very in depth, very like skillfully done takeover of an entire flock that took a lot of time and planning, and and Laban loses out on this big time because by the end of this, he has a smaller and extremely weak flock by the time Jacob leaves. So I guess, I don't know, what do we take out of this? Um, Jacob became extremely wealthy because his flocks just exploded and grew. Uh, and he had many flocks and male and female slaves and camels and donkeys because the flocks were the currency. You, you'd sell the meat, you'd sell the milk, you'd sell the stuff, and then you'd have money and then you'd buy whatever else you need so you can expand the operation. So... Yeah, next chapter. Next chapter is when when they separate, and it's you know at this point you know you can see the writing on the wall. Jacob wants to leave, and he's kind of being held there, and so he's using that opportunity to his gain so that he can get wealth before he goes back home. 
he's being shrewd. He's working hard. Like this are these are these are like, you know, this is basically like the top of their medical practices back then. This is some like I don't know where you even experiment with this. Like did he just hear it from various people or did he try a bunch of different plants and see what worked? It's a lot of I mean it takes a long time to figure out that your sheep are doing better than than not over the course of years based on putting plants in their drinking water. But apparently that was definitely a practice they did. So I guess that's a, you know, he was he was being diligent with what he was given and he was working hard to uh, to build his flocks using intelligence and using research and using um, the the wisdom from the people around his area. He wasn't just scraping by doing the minimum. He worked super hard. Um, I mean, these trees, it's not like they just, you know, fell out of the tree. Like he actually went and found these specific trees and prepared them and he put them in certain times and took them out certain times and he watched his flock and he was super diligent. There's something to be had there of how do we become super diligent and to become the best at our trade um, while trusting God and while um, while humbling ourselves before him and his plan, also working hard at our craft to be the best at it that we can be um, and, and to do it intelligently as well, not just to not just to work hard and bang our head against the wall, but but to figure out how we can multiply our skills and abilities and to grow those skills and abilities to build wealth and to build um, the material stuff that we can then use for God's glory. I don't know if he's gotten there yet, but that's it's the, uh, it's the part of it that I take. <laughs>